Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, question mark. Before today's very special episode, a little business. Guys, it's official. The Film Alchemist have made it to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Pod. Guys, it's the absolute best way to help the show. You donating to us helps us make the show better, bigger, stronger, and also helps us give you the show that you want for as little as a dollar a month. And I assure you, every single dollar you guys donate helps and means the world to us. We appreciate you. You can dip your toes in uh, to our community, see what we're working on. And as you go up the official Highlander rankings, very scientific, you can actually begin to select the movies that you specifically want to hear us cover in a Patreon-exclusive library. We have tons of fun people, awesome patrons already. We have amazing content that we're working on for you guys over there. All you got to do is for as little as a dollar a month, guys, get in and see what we're working on. Again, that's patreon.com slash film alchemist podcast. Those of you who help us out, thank you. You mean the world to us. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can see video versions of most of our podcasts there along with other projects that we're working on rolling out through the rest of this year and beyond. Make sure you email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, and find us on all the social media you're on. We're there, too. We're very easy to get a hold of, guys. We love to hear from you, so get at us. Help us raise this podcast above the algorithmic overlords. Thank you in advance. Oh, right. Now, guys, that was a high, 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 high energy intro, as you know. This is actually a really fun experiment. As you guys know, October, we do our horror movie mega marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. For anyone who does podcasts or creates anything, you guys know that is an enormous amount of work and a scheduling nightmare. So me and Alex came up with a cool idea. A lot of you reach out to us and give us ideas for movies you'd like to hear covered. A lot of those movies were covered on Alex and I's first podcast, right? When me and Alex started podcasting a long time ago. The first time we ever talked to each other on a podcast was a podcast that Alex has started called People I Know. And me and him just shot the shit. And we were enthralled with the format of podcasting. We fell in love with it. We started a comic book theme podcast called The Long Box Sessions. And we loved that. Comic book podcasting is a very different beast than movie podcasting. Communities are very different. But we began to dabble. We began to roll out our takes on movies that we love based on comic books. And through that, we found the love of doing film podcasting, right? So this month, we're going to bring you a bunch of episodes that we had done on the long box sessions. And as you guys listen, you'll see the seeds of what has become the Film Alchemist podcast in those old long box sessions or long box and chill episodes. Tonight, we're starting with the Marvel classic. That's right. I fucking said it. Classic. You guys better recognize Howard the Duck. Put respect on his name, as the children say. I used to watch this religiously as a child. It's such a strange movie, right? This is a movie for kids that also has the main alien duck working as a jizz mopper in Cleveland, the weirdest city to pick for an alien to begin his life as an earthly citizen. It's a strange film, guys. Take a time travel uh, back with us to see me and younger Alex talking about this weird movie that we loved. And as you guys listen, I think you'll start to see 
the beginnings of the Film Alchemist podcast, really digging into movies and finding why we love these things. And I'm hoping through this month that that will become an ever-present and fun journey for you guys to do with us. Leading up to the horror movie Mega Marathon, again, uh, 31 pods in 31 days. Again, patreon.com slash pod because business, guys. That's what runs everything. So, without any further ado, enjoy Young Griffey and Young Dandino via the long box sessions via the Film Alchemist talking about... What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Long Box Sessions. I'm your host, Alex Dandino. And I'm Josh Griffey. It is Long Box and Chill time again, friends. I know you love yourself a good Long Box and Chill. Griffey, I've missed doing this Long Box and Chill action. Yeah, we do a lot of movies now. Uh, We have our own movie podcast, The Film Alchemist. Check it out. Uh, Leave a rating, review, subscribe, all that good shit. So we've been doing a lot of movies, but we haven't done a good old comic book fair in a while so it it was super awesome to dive back in i'm very excited yes and we definitely picked a picked a real goodie to dive in on a banger as the kids would say uh yes thank you that's sorry yeah kids in the club say things are bangers sorry i believe yes the colloquialism is banger it was quite a banger (laughs) that's another thing young people say colloquialism (laughs) we are hip as fuck or hip af hip af yeah yeah you can't save the whole (laughs) word anymore we have to abbreviate it. Nobody's got time for that. It's all acronyms and emojis now. It's the life we always <laughs> dreamed of. Um, so for this long box and chill, uh, Griffey, in fact, convinced me to sit down and watch a movie. I haven't watched since I was probably seven years old, and it did not disappoint in that respect. Uh, <laughs> how fucking dare you impugn the name of Howard the Duck? Yes, we And I sat didn't convince down. you. I fucking insisted. I said... We haven't done one of these in a while. We have to go to the apex. We We have to go to the absolute zenith of comic book movie power. We sat down and watched 1986's (laughs) Marvel classic. This is a Marvel movie. Marvel classic, Howard the Duck. By the way, I read an article once that claimed this is the worst Marvel movie ever made. Hmm. That's a fascinating. And that includes the long lost man thing. Mm. That includes Ghost Riders, uh, the Chickless Fantastic Four. The Josh Trank Fantastic Four? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I will. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I do not. I'll be honest with you. My initial reaction to this movie is not that it, I found it to be good, but I will tell you this: Josh Trank can't direct for shit compared to this movie. It is. <laughs> here's here's what Howard the Duck is, right? Howard the Duck to me is it's a super fun time machine back to a time when Hollywood and movies didn't make any sense. Yes. Here's the thing. They made a movie based on an intellectual property that is in, at the time, comic books were kind of a children's medium. Right. Howard the Duck was not a children's character, per se. Definitely He was not. kind of your envoy into, hey, teenager, this is where you can turn and become a, you know, a cynical adult kind of guy, right? right. Everything's going to be bad type of, but still goofy and fun. It's the kind of thing comics are so good at, right? This, the absurdity of this animal, anthropomorphized animal. But he's just doing the shit that we all do. Yeah. Um, But this is the thing. So they took that property, which already has an unusual target demographic, and then made a kind of a big budget children's movie 
but has a lot of bestiality and animal tits. And yeah. so it's the whole time you're just like, who is the target audience for this? How did they slide this through? I think it was purely based on the power of George Lucas just being like, I want to do this. Well, and they're like, oh, dude, we're going to get some Star Wars uh, and Jones stank on this duck. Yeah, it's it's it's. But this is what I mean. There were movies in the 80s. Like we watched one on Alchemist, right? The Gate. There are things like this where back in the day, children's movies weren't the safe, um, you know, unified lesson of morality. Like a Pixar movie is a hyper focused. Here's what we want you to learn. Right. <laughs> and it's very yeah. streamlined and safe and tame, even though they're always killing motherfuckers in Pixar. Uh, this is back when kids movies were kind of the Wild West. Like anything could happen. You can just have demons and almost cannibalism and weird like weird, weird things happen in this movie. And I looked back and I was like, Do you remember how fun it was to be a kid and you never knew what the fuck would happen in a movie you were rented? <laughs> well, I mean, that for sure is what's happening here. I don't think I ever would have expected to see what I saw. Uh especially seeing it as an adult is very different. Cause when you're a kid and you see it, you're just like, Oh, it's a talking duck, that's weird and kind of fun. And then you see it as an adult and the bestiality stuff clicks and a lot of the things that you weren't, a lot of the things you weren't anticipating start clicking in your head and you're like, huh? Well, that's just weird. Well, there are scenes that you can only appreciate the genius as an adult. That's what I mean. This movie is evergreen. I think I like it even more now. (laughs) Well, like I wonder looking back, I'm like, did my mom know that, uh, this duck and lady were about to fuck when she handed me this VHS. It <laughs> was just like, uh, here, I'm not parenting. Go watch this. Well, Do you think let's... my mom knew she was handing me this exploration on is it or is it not okay to fuck animal people? Right. I was, I was watching. Well, this is the other thing too, is I was reading, like I, I was reading kind of like the behind the scenes stuff. Cause I wanted to know more about how this movie became a movie and all that kind of shit. And I realized that, Oddly enough, this movie is like the main reason a lot of comic book uh, comic book nerds hate this movie is because it's not the proper adaptation of the character. Apparently, I did not know this, but apparently, uh, to me, it's. I mean, it was. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite understand the criticism. I don't either. This is the thing: How Howard is not as much kind of the workman, curmudgeon, you know trudging through the day-to-day job kind of shit that like i've always known the character as right and this one he's a little bit he's almost kind of a, a marty mcfly hipster version of howard the duck are you just saying that because leah thompson's in the movie no that's what i mean but it's kind of <laughs> like the last scene when he's doing his own theme song you're like that is pure marty mcfly oh yeah there's that like... is just marty mcfly well playing the theme song but here's the thing right so in the movie now they make him kind of this this young hip duck who's in that weird kind of 20s phase right like yeah well i had a dream i wanted to i was a construction working duck and a you know rocker by night obviously you know i got the mad sex appeal i'm you know slapping cheeks all the time but what i really want to do you know but i had to sell out now he's a copywriter so there's this weird kind of i've settled you know now i'm becoming my parents and what my parents want and that's kind of a a new angle on Howard the Duck, I think that some people didn't like. I thought worked fine for this movie. Well, I mean, I think that's the strange thing is the level of criticism about the movie being not true to the comic. I was like, that's the thing you're upset about with this movie? That's <laughs> that's the level? But also, but also, yeah, let's not play coy like they just made him some like kind of teenage, yeah. you know, Lothario. 
He's getting in bar fights. You know, I mean, he's smoking cigars. He's doing some crazy stuff. He's still trying to fuck all the time. <laughs> so there's still some of the, the kind of hallmarks of this hard-edged duck. Uh, it's, just, yeah. it's just presented a little differently. I, to me, that's one of the dumbest criticisms of the movie. Oh, absolutely. To I, me, it's... But that's what I mean. There, so to jump into the movie, actually, though, right? Like, right away, I think we start off with, like, a really fun scene. We see this Planet of the Ducks version of oh, our world. What a fucking right? preamble, man. Jeez. I, I like, think it's such... It's so fucking funny. It, it's like... It, it is... <laughs> five, I think I clocked it in at, like, five straight minutes of just... You don't see Howard... You see him walk in, and it's five straight minutes of, hey, did you know we're in Duck World? Hey, we're in Duck World now. That's a duck thing. Duck World here. Oh, what about Duck World over there? Oh, yeah, there's a duck thing here. I'm like, oh, my God. I get it. Just one of those would have been fine. They go really heavy. Uh, one of the weirdest ones to me was the the duck title for the Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, why has everything changed to duck-themed titles? It's very strange. Like, you could just call it Raiders of the Lost Ark and just put... That was just a duck. But no, this is what they called it, though. Breeders of the Lost Stork. Yeah. So weird. to me, I'm like, what does this movie look like? It's like a, a duck archaeologist finds this ancient bird and then immediately he's like, I've got to breed with this. Yeah, thing. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> it's I, such I, a, I remember seeing plus that, ducks like, and storks. That's not the same thing. No, so there's yeah. all kinds of weird problems in that title. But that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. That's a fun addition where you're just like, huh, that yeah. one really fucked with me. Here's another one that fucked with me. They still keep pets. Like when you yeah. had fish, I'm like, oh, dude, that fucks me up. Oh, an yeah. animal still owning another animal. Also, an animal, also <laughs> an animal like a waterfowl that normally would eat fish, owning fish. Very strange. Yeah. See, I don't know. Yeah, do ducks eat fish? That's so weird. I'm pretty sure they do. I could be wrong. I don't know. I was, I was research. I have, I have a research segment. We'll do later in the show. <laughs> there are, there are two. There are also. So here's the other thing, by the way. Um. I know they explain this later in the movie with science, but I, I, at the very beginning of the movie, I wrote down, I'm like, did Howard get sent to Earth because he was about to rub one out to Duck Playboy? I think he, like, that was, <laughs> that was. I think his targeting's a bit arbitrary, but that's what I mean. You have the play duck with actual duck tits. The duck commercials are awesome. I, that's what I mean. I, I've become a sucker, and this is a little par, Paul Verhoeven, right? But I love wacky tv commercials from fictional universes that's by the way that commercial that um the duck commercial with the guy who was selling shit all seemed very like i was i wrote down i was like this seems like that robocop i'd, I'd buy it for a dollar thing like there's yeah. some serious shit going on <laughs> but that's what, i think honestly it's an excuse because that's the thing he's a copywriter so we don't know if he wrote one of those ads he kind of watches the fungus but anyways it's it's an unnecessarily idiosyncratic look at Duck World. Yeah. It's not the most fun version of this. But then we do get the duck tits in the bath. We get the old duck people. We get ducks in our Nike. So it's this, it is this weird kind of uh, black mirror version of the, the 80s as we knew them. Hey, did you think that lady, the duck lady in the bath, was she about to rub one out? I th I thought she was. Do you just think that's all ducks do is rub them out? There's a, there is there's a huge contingent of masturbation jokes in this movie that are like for real. Like I, like I was surprised. Like I think I I saw at least I think I clocked at least five masturbation jokes about Howard or another duck masturbating. I'm like, 
What is right? going on Again, in this movie? Again, they're diving right into the children's audience that they're seeing. Yeah, they're really grabbing the kids. They're like, hey, kids who jerk off, come and watch this movie. Like, yeah, see, I think they're aiming for that like very young like 12 to 14 group. Oh, so really? like jerking I, off would be very prevalent. This is a good start. Yeah, it's, def- I mean, it's definitely the for the, it's definitely for the, the crowd that doesn't drive there. cars yet. That's for sure. Yeah, why else put the duck tits? I mean, you were trying to titillate. This is maybe this is what I mean. Maybe they set up this this philosophical quandary that we all have to deal with on a subconscious level. How many guys do you think maybe jerked off to those duck tits and then later have to face a reckoning as we go, ew, she's gonna sleep with a duck? We were all that guy. That's oh, yeah. what I mean. I never did it. I was too young. I was a, I was just a boy when I was watching this movie. But I'll bet you there was some teenager out there that faced that deep philosophical question. I, I, Am I better than Leah Thompson? <laughs> I, I wrote this in my notes, and I want to make sure I say it on the air. Um, just imagine for a second being, like, let's say a 15-year-old in 1986. You don't know anything uh. other than the fact that this movie is about an anthropomorphized duck. <laughs> Imagine being in the movie theater and experiencing the first 15 minutes of this movie and having no like no context for it whatsoever, because I'll be honest, like the first 15 minutes of this movie, if you don't know what you're sitting in for or getting ready to watch the first 15 minutes of of this movie, you're like, holy shit, it is like a fucking fever dream. How quickly things start happening. You're like, I don't understand what's going on. Like, I don't understand yeah. what's going on. All I know is this duck sat down in an armchair to masturbate and then got hurtled across the, the universe. Like, Well, I mean, the first 15 minutes, you're like, you might as well be watching any fucking, like, it could have been Kramer versus Kramer with ducks. You don't know. This could just be a sad dad who's like, oh, I lost my wife and kid. Kramer versus Kramer off. with ducks makes more sense than the first 15 minutes. Like, the but first 15 I mean, minutes. It's total movie, fucking madness. The first 15 minutes of this movie just explodes with content. You're like, what is happening? Like, I cannot imagine but that's, being. That's what I'm saying, in though. That's why it's a in positive. the movie theater. Because that's the thing. In the 80s, with music and movies and whatever, there were no fucking rules or boundaries. Like, right. it was just like. There was there was no kind of general like this is probably not the best way to make a movie. You just fucking made Howard the Duck. And so the fact that you can make a movie for young kids and it's like we're going to show you the sad workings of a guy who sold out, <laughs> you know, and just jerks off every night when you get like everyone who's had a job, like we've all had that day. Oh yeah. You get home and you're just like, "Oh god, I just want to rub one out in this couch, have a beer and pass out and forget what I do every day." <laughs> Like I didn't know that as a kid. I don't know Howard the Duck might have been this this large, you know, foul shaped shadow over my entire development. For all very, I know, it's very plausible. And then this is the cool thing: so they give you this fucking mundane, idiosyncratic duck shit, and then they catapult us through space. Yeah, we hit this uh, this insane, all powerful God voice. In the beginning, there was Howard the Duck, and then we land in this horrific planet of the planet of the hairless apes, as it were. Right. Uh. Just him coming to our world, and he lands right by the worst bar ever. Oh, for sure. In an alley full of homeless in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'd like to say this. So this is, where, this, movie... this is where I have a theory, though. Do you think that Howard actually came, or this is some kind of unusual fever dream journey to hell? Is this a Christmas Carol version of what Howard thinks his life has become? <laughs> well, given that it's a Marvel movie, I would say he definitely went to Cleveland and he's just going to be stuck there <laughs> because for any of you, and for those of us from Cleveland, let me tell you 
a long day's journey in tonight is definitely having to sit there and live in Cleveland for the rest of your life. There, I said it. I don't give a shit what any of the rest of the people I went to school with thought, think about that. Oh, yeah, for real. A fate worse than hell. Yeah. Being banished to Cleveland. There's a line. Actually, there's a line in the movie that I, I, I wrote down because I'm like, well, true words have never been spoken there. It was, if I had some place to go, I certainly wouldn't be in Cleveland. I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> Cleveland. <laughs> C- Cleveland. <laughs> no, it's but that's what I mean. Like, immediately he's getting roughed up. Like, these, these weird kind of, you know, 80 caricatures. They're kind of punks, but different they're like they grab him and just take him into a bar for no reason yeah they're like 80s androgynous punks it's really kind of weird a lot of them wear lace it's very strange yeah if that was your first introduction to our species you would also be pretty terrified right. and then this is something they do in the movie that i've always loved and never been able to find and it makes me depressed i've always wanted to be a regular alcoholic at a bar where the band has to play in a cage oh yeah you know what i mean yeah, like, like from ro- early like on in like Roadhouse and this and that. Like there are movies, any movie that has a band that plays in a cage, I immediately love it. Because that's the thing, I'm tired of these bars with like Edison lights and brass fixtures and all that kind of shit. Give me a cage band. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> like of, it's the MMA of music. That's what I want. I'm tired of going to bars. But not only bars. that, but then it, it's Leah Thompson like punk rock band. So yeah. immediately my heart is exploding with joy. I'm tired of going to bars where the band is actually safe still. I want to go to a bar yeah. where like... <laughs> No, that's lame. If there's no threat of maybe getting murdered while, while exactly. covering ABBA, what is the point? What is the point of going to the bar then? Like, what are we? <laughs> what's the band even doing there? Yeah, that's the other thing too. I like the idea of a bar that has uh, a bouncer and a line and like cover charges to get into the bar where the band could get murdered right. at any time. That's what I mean. It's a hot spot, and I've never found a bar like that. I mean, I was what? what I was. So he gets into the bar, and this bar fight begins. I wrote, and then he like threatens those guys with space rabies. I'm like, space rabies bar. Oh fights. no, that's that's later. That's when is he. It? Oh yeah, that happens afterwards because the first setup is right. He kind of gets fucked up. He's thrown back out in the alley, and this is where one of the weird oh, yeah, things right. of the Sorry. movie starts. This is where we're introduced to. Every male character that interacts with Leah Thompson tries to rape her. Yeah. What? The That's fuck? something that happens in this movie constantly. So she's just Constant. walking out. Howard's been tossed into this uh, barrel after his run in with the, the all female biker gang, Satan sluts. Right. <laughs> right. He, he falls into this barrel and he's woken up by these guys who are like, we're huge fans of you. And they're trying to rape Leah Thompson. So this is when he jumps out and he quack foos their ass. Quack foos. But right before the, but right before he starts to quack foo, these guys can't believe what they're saying. And one of them yells, I've been doing too much toot. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> that's the kind of hardcore drug you do when you're in a cage band. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. I'm, I'm glad. In, I'm glad in the, I'm glad in the eighties we were able to do like, that's the thing in the eighties, like the amount of, Words they had for cocaine were just so vast, and one of them being toot. Like God, I love that. It's shit. also it's also a great concept that they're like, we can't say cocaine. This is an eighties movie. P.S. How are the duck tits coming? <laughs> I, need, I need to see the mock-ups of the duck with tits, <laughs> but don't say cocaine. <laughs> but we can't t- we can't say cocaine though. Show me the duck tits, but that that yeah, the so word cocaine. This is where yeah. So then this is how this is meat cute with Leah Thompson is karate fighting rapist to save her by the way and he goes back to her place they kind of form a thing and then we're introduced to tim robbins who plays Ugh. tim robbins in this is kind of he he's the the fruit salad of 80s character oh, right yeah. he's all the best and sweetest parts of every weird side character it's like 
if you took early Cusack, Anthony Michael Hall, Long Duck Dong, like all those kind of characters. You put them all into, into one a, person. a medley, a huge medley of a man. That's what Tim Robbins did it's in this movie. Although you have to add a little bit of like sexual predator again because of the whole everyone's trying to have sex with Leah Because everyone in Cleveland's a rapist. Yeah, see, he doesn't give me – he seems more like he wants to fuck Howard, which Uh-oh. is weird because this, this is his uh, I'm going to stop being a janitor and become a real scientist kind of thing. The, the unusual part is <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of how this plays in the movie. I can't remember because he, he thinks somehow this is going to be – because I remember he runs into that office and he's like, this is, uh, this is the great discovery. Just kidding. Don't. Don't come in the room, right? And so then he's like going to examine this and that. So I don't, I don't remember. Tim Robbins has this kind of, I don't know what it was that set Howard off, right? I mean, to me, well, I think to me, like what Tim Robbins thing is, Tim Robbins just wants to become famous for being the guy who discovered an alien species. That's yeah. that's this whole thing. And I also think that from what I remember, Howard the Duck is upset that he is being treated so unfairly. Oh, that's what he says. He's like, if you got traveled across the universe and given an IQ test by a hairless ape, you would be pissed too. <laughs> or by a janitor. Because that's the thing. They find out he's a janitor and then they're they're fucking depressed. But <laughs> so this this sets off my favorite thing though, right? So he meets Leah Thompson. She takes him to this scientist she knows. Seemingly rapey, but also but in the direction of Howard. Right. Very creepy to Howard. Um so Howard pretty much is like, fuck you guys. I'm a freak. He yells at the school children. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> now we cut to what is probably my favorite scene in the movie that I had not realized. This is my favorite segment of the movie. Howard is at the unemployment office. Oh, my God. This, this is pure indictment of the American dream section of this movie. Right. This is the illegal alien coming to America. Tr- a man trying to pull himself up by his uh, his flippers. I fucking love this because he comes in and he's dressed like a, a baby gap hipster, right? Right. <laughs> and the lady's just like, you think you could not work because you dress like a stupid motherfucker? And she starts laying into him, right? And she's like, I'll find a job for you. What we don't realize, and I totally had not remembered this scene. This was not in my recollection at all. The job she gives Howard is a fucking jizz mopper. I was just, I wrote it in my notes, and I'm so glad you said jizz mopper because I wanted it to be distinct. Like, people will try and say towel boy. I'm like, that guy's a jizz mopper, for no, sure. No, because this is the thing. He's not at a spa that does actual massages and aromatherapy no, and mud masks. It's a porn. It's, These are literally people just running around and fucking yeah, in hot tubs. It's a fuck house. It's a fuck house. They talk about the clogged drains. <laughs> Howard is essentially walking around in a, and imagine, it's one of those visceral moments in a movie. You're like, I can imagine the stink of that place. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just sweat and jizz and cigar smoke. You can the, see it. The sweaty proprietor. It's so fucking revolting. So that's this is Howard's job, right? He's been pulled across space as this wannabe musician, copywriter. He has his own apartment. He has all these these lady ducks that are into him. He's brought to Cleveland, beaten up, uh, tossed about, homeless, and he's a jizz mopper. <laughs> and this is what I mean. I think Howard the Duck might have affected a whole generation so much more than we thought. I think Howard the Duck is the moment that shattered all of our illusions. Like any of us that grew up to be these kind of cynical grownups, could it not have been how we saw the grown-up world treat Howard the Duck? 
I uh, think it absolutely <laughs> could be. I actually think I also think this movie might be a little bit of an allegory for like the experience of uh, an immigrant in the Midwest because the way he oh, is exactly right. I mean, the way he is treated is like uh, my a lot of my family is from Elkhart, Indiana, and the way he is treated is a, is a lot the way people have treated like a huge contingency contingency of uh latin americans who have gone to elkhart indiana like right like, when i've gone up there and driven around like oh yeah well you know there's a lot of mexican people in this part of town i was like this is not favorable for this for this group no. of people well there's also this is the weirdest scene in that movie right so howard pretty much he gets thrown into the fuck tub and he gets out and he's mad. The next scene is him sliding across what looks like Cinnabon frosting. Or Cinnabon, sorry. Not to weigh in on the debate. I'm a Cinnabon, not a Cinnabon. Good Anywho, call. he slides across what looks like Cinnabon frosting. So I'm like, is this a whole room where they just jizz the floor? Ooh. And then knocks the guy into what looks like a giant vat of shit. Oh, I thought it was just a mud bath. See, I thought that too, but then I'm like, he does not seem happy to be in there at all. I don't know. He doesn't seem to have the rejuvenating factors, but I just looked at <laughs> I just looked at him like this is actually the butthole of life. I, I like this job. I, I like the idea that there's just a vat of shit in the back of this spa. Like there's just a huge vat, an open vat of shit sitting in the back of the spa. Yeah. I think that Howard is Howard is Howard has like a really rough time dealing with the fact that he's a jizz mopper and then Finds his way back to Leah Thompson. You know what's weird, though? He seems relatively like he's getting by until the dude dunks him in the pool and he's like, I can't swim. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Too, How long that, do you think Howard would have kept uh, jizz mopping if not for that? Here's the other thing, too. The, everybody has the proper reaction to Howard the Duck, um, except for Leah Thompson and uh, obviously Jeffrey Jones later in the movie. But Leah Thompson's in, <laughs> Leah Thompson's initial reaction is like, for like five seconds, she's surprised, and then she goes, "Yeah, that's a duck guy, of course." Like she spends the rest of the movie being the only person who's not surprised Howard the Duck is here, let alone. I like, think honestly, she's just like, "Holy shit, something with the dick that didn't try to rape me." Yeah, the, well, and then we get so like, in a way he becomes this guardian angel. <laughs> well, and then later in the movie, what's funny is like she tries to basically get down, and he gets all like flustered and nervous. He's like, "Oh boy, oh god, oh." Yeah. Well, he said does this whole routine, this like slick Rick, you know, some people just have sex appeal. Someone's got it. Someone's don't. Yeah. And then she starts uh, trying to mate with him. Yeah. She. Like yeah. Then then we see the the fed. They do a great joke where she's like, what did you leave in my bed? And she picks up a handful of feathers. I'm like, so he just prematurely ejaculated feathers. all over <laughs> I'll tell you this. That was one of my first memories as a young boy being like. Oh wow, there's something to this lady species. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that was a moment. Like when Leah Thompson came out again, I was like taken right back to on the verge of pubescent Griffey and just like, oh fuck. Oh, like that's you... solidified in my memory with like a Jessica Rabbit kind of thing. Oh it's yeah. Like, Holy shit. Cause that's what I mean. This is the the movie itself seems to be this kind of also Peter Pan syndrome, right? About <laughs> Howard shouldn't have sold out. Like, which guy among us wouldn't take the life that we have now, right, of these, like, everyday normal Joes, right, just getting crushed by the system, you know, and just be like, I would live in that weird-ass studio with Leah Thompson yeah, and just fun. rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there, there's this weird playing to the teenager audience again. But, yeah, so 
This is a weird scene, though, because this... And we totally skipped the Roadhouse Howard scene. We'll have to go back for that. This is the scene uh, where the bestiality comes in. And this... It's not necessarily full bestiality because Howard is a fully conscious thinking being. He's on the level mentally of a human. Right. Where do you fall on this debate? Yay or nay fucking Howard the Duck? Because he's not technically a duck. Is it okay to fuck something that is mentally and spiritually on our level and can consent, even if it has different genitals? By the way, do yourself a favor and Google and research duck dicks. No, don't. Don't no, do I've been that. doing that all morning. It is weird. You know what's funny is I, I think they're called colloquia, right? In birds, colloquia. They I was, just kind of rub these uh, weird pigtails on each other. Yeah, I was, sho- I was showing my. Uh, I was I was telling my wife and our friends last night. I'm like, yeah, we're doing Howard the Duck tomorrow for the Long Box and Chill. And someone did. They said the exact thing. Like, Have you ever seen a duck dick? And like Googled it for my wife and her friend, <laughs> and they're like. That is really upsetting. I never want to see that again. Like, it was... But I would say, I mean, you know, freestyle. Live and let live. What, who, who am I to judge? You know, if you're going to... I, if, I, if I you're mean, gonna, this is a Captain like, Kirk thing, Like, right? if you're going to bang a, if you're gonna bang a dog that has no idea what you're doing, that's pretty uncool. But if a duck is... Pretty a, uncool. That's, that's actually criminal. <laughs> but, that's mildly frowned upon. <laughs> But if you're going to like... If, no, that's what I mean. In a donkey show, the donkey can't say, meet at my place at eight. Right, exactly. I think... That's a big problem. I think banging Howard's fine. I would say this bestiality is consensual and, uh, if anything, uh, required. Wanted. Well, I'm just saying, compared to the rapist of Cleveland, this is a huge step up. I think Leah Thompson is doing the absolute right thing. Well, I think what's... But then you get into the weird, like, oh, man, can he knock her up? Well, like, th- this is a weird, right? Like, they say if you're not of the same species, you can't procreate. So, a horse and a donkey fuck, they make a mule and it's kind of sterile. Do we get these weird, does she lay eggs after that? What happens? I'd like that sequel. Well, that's a, that's a needed sequel. I think what's fascinating <laughs> is, I think what's difficult is she becomes the aggressor. It's really kind of funny because he starts off by like, oh, man, I think there's something to this female species. And he's like mm-hmm. getting all sex nuts. And then he gets in bed with her and she tries to just immediately start going. He goes, oh, boy, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> he gets the weird like head feather boners. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, I don't know if we could do this. And she like and then the best part is she's like kissing his beak as Jeffrey Jones and uh, Tim Robbins walk in. And they're like, oh, my God, what a moment in cinema. Right. They walk in and they're all just like. Ew! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the, the, but re- none of them can look away. They're all fascinated. Their reactions are like, is she about to fuck that duck? My God. <laughs> They're like, I mean, we would have been here to rape in no time. <laughs> you know, we're, we're men of Cleveland. That's all we do to Leah yeah, I really don't. It's a really bad rap for Cleveland, by the way. Being a guy from Cleveland, I can tell you right now, not uh, not every man in Cleveland is a rapist. Like, there's just that's not a huge contingency. I'm just saying, I don't think the movie makes Cleveland tremendously worse than it is. <laughs> oh no, I never said that. It the, the 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 Cleveland I saw in that movie is the Cleveland I remember. But I can tell you right now, there's not a huge contingency of rapists in Cleveland. I'll just put that there. I mean, we'll see, but. Time, time will tell. But, the Crime Bureau statistics are still coming. But I, can tell, but I can tell you right now, everything you saw that is Cleveland-related physically around the city, for sure, very accurate. Yeah. 
But it, but we forgot what leads to the sex, right? This is the Howard the Duck Roadhouse scene, which I fucking love. Again, this is like an awesome Howard the Duck scene. How does this exist in this kid's movie? Where he, he sees that they're taking advantage of the girls and keeping the money, right? So he goes up to the, the manager and these scummy uh, promoters. And he has a whiskey and a cigar. Or is it a beer? I can't remember. But anyways, there's a drink and a cigar. And he's like, we're going to do this the hard way or not. It kind of turns into this. This hard crack in noir detective moment. Yeah. And he starts fucking throwing down with these dudes. Yeah. Starts beating some ass. And then with the ice pick, fucking hooks this dude by his ring earring. Yes. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? How <laughs> how was this allowed to happen? Some group of executives were sitting in a room watching this roadhouse with a duck, thinking this guy's going to actually ice pick this dude. And they're just like, perfect, print it. <laughs> Send it to the theaters for the kids' matinees. I think they're probably all like, oh, man, I've been doing too much toot. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Get it out of here. <laughs> Hollywood toot is the best toot. <laughs> I mean, I I love the unruliness of the 80s. The indictment on both. Because this is what I mean. It's an indictment on every adult in the 80s that this was allowed to happen and reach young eyeballs like ours. Right. <laughs> it's just an i mean to me the movie is like again like the movie lives in these little pocket moments because in general like the plot is super it's really i even wrote down i'm like this is really prequely where like a lot of people are just saying things to keep the plot moving like hey this thing needs to be said so the movie makes sense about 20 minutes from now like got it cool thank you like the scenes are really because like the meat cue, for instance, we totally skipped over Leah Thompson going through Howard's things and finding that duck condom, by the way. Oh, yeah. By the way, not in a wrapper? Yeah. Weird. Weird. Howard, are you a condom rewasher? Yeah. Um, that is disgusting, Howard. <laughs> but I like how she just looks at it instead of being like, oh, what a fucking creep. She's just like, howie. Yeah. See, that's the other thing, too. She like looks at it, puts it back in the wallet, which is gross, and says, Also, that oh, condom Howard. is not the shape of a duck dick. No, it's not. Google was, it. That was my other question about the corkscrew dick, because that's what duck dicks are look. That's what duck dicks look like. I Although, also was like, they're a more evolved. How does version that of work ducks. on the cork? So do you think they're they a more have evolved regular... version of ducks? Maybe they don't have wings do you... anymore, so maybe their dicks have like girthed out. Do you and... do you think their dicks are like fat, just regular old phallic penises? You think we're eggplant emojiing? Maybe. Or I think it's an egg. I th I'm going to say now, definitively on the show, I think it's an eggplant emoji. What do you think? I mean, maybe that's the thing. Maybe the the duck dick is shaped that way in case there's like an emergency refueling in midair. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe now that we don't do that, it just kind of like, you know, girths out. Yeah, could be. That's... Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. Because those things, I don't know if you looked up video. I did too. They, they're they very unusual in the movement. It's very. It's a lot. I spent way too much time after. It's, <laughs> it is awfully terrifying if i'm gonna be you can honest. actually get in quite a youtube hole uh trying to see how different animal species fuck yep it's one of those weird things you're like i don't know enough about this and i need to correct it so there's a so this movie the first like to me 40 minutes of this movie is pretty much a preamble like you don't re like in reality based on what happens in this movie you don't need to see howard become a jizz mopper go through all this shit any of stuff like that the movie actually begins right as uh, Leah Thompson and him are about to commit bestiality. And right. that's when the actual plot of the movie starts. And right. then that's when Jeffrey Jones and uh, 
Tim Robbins and whoever that other guy is show up and explain what actually happened to Howard and how he got there. Right. This was like a, a mishap of science. And see, to me, this this is the the biggest criticism I would level against the movie. Right. Because for me, I love the first half where we're just doing this kind of you know, seedy underbelly of the American dream as shown by a duck. I mean, I'm right I love the you. roadhouse scene. I, I agree. I love the fucking, you know, jizz mopper scene. I love the unemployment bureau. Mm -hmm. That shit to me is so weird and funny and interesting. It's the kind of thing that you will just never see movies like that again. Right. You will never see the likes of a Howard the Duck sitting in an unemployment office, jizz mopping, roadhouse. Like that movie will never come again. So to me, that's supremely interesting. And I love it. And then we kind of devolve into this more madcap, uh, you know, science gone awry aliens thing. Yeah. Which is also fine. It's fun. But to me, that that's the criticism, right? If this movie had just kept being about a guy trying to get by in Cleveland. Yeah. I, I would have fuck. I think it would have been a better movie. Although oh, for the sure. movie still has some really fucking fun moments coming up. Yeah. But no. to me, that that's the criticism is they set up this this weird non plot based because this is what I, I realized when the movie was over, right? You, so you're talking about space travel, demons, um, a duck who's as human as the rest of us, this and that. And a lot of the humans are, you know, animalistic, whatever. I was like, this to me reads exactly like a modern image comic. Yeah. To me, this might be the absolute most comic booky movie that has ever existed, right? Because it's, it's the weird kind of everyday life, but with these, it's like a Brian K. Vaughn book, right? It's like yeah, I Paper mean, Girls. It's the, everyday life with like absurd, crazy sci-fi shit thrown in. The first 40 minutes of, the, of this movie, had that been the movie, I would have been, I agree. I would have been fine with it. Like that's what, and for me, for me personally, like now, like the way that they, like Chip Zdarsky did that Howard the Duck run. And to me now, if they had done something like that, where he like eventually, oh, I don't want to be a jizz mopper anymore. So I'm going to be like a P.I., like, if that's how the movie had gone, that would have also made a lot of sense to me and probably would have been a better movie. Like, this shift in plot in the middle of the film, I think, is what really is the criticism of the movie, is that it has no idea what it's trying to do. Because I agree with you. I would have loved to have watched, like, a just a, what, a Duplass Brothers version of Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> like that's essentially what it would be. And Tiny I, furniture, the Lena Dunham. <laughs> you could cast her in the remake. <laughs> yeah, like that. No, but that's that's what that's I mean, exactly right? What so it the is. first half is this just like the first half of this movie is one of the most absurd things ever committed to film. Right. And I think it's such a fucking treasure. And when you're lucky enough to see something so unusual, you need to grasp that and embrace it and enjoy it. Cuz it's especially nowadays, look at comic book movies now, they're so fucking sanded down and refined and streamlined and and you know maybe that's how you like them but the fact that something like this is out there i fucking love the just the yeah. fucking unbelievable reality of this movie there's something and then we kind of go a little peewee's big adventure with it and it, it loses some of that that kind of weird just meta critiquing yeah. of our species. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. I think that's the other thing, too, that a lot of the time people bring up, not just um, not just like the rudeness, like the, the characterization of Howard the Duck. But I would even say that I think that the idea for Howard the Duck has always been satire. And that's the thing that the movie misses is that the beginning of the movie is all satire. It's all about sort of this. Oh, man, it's a duck in a man's world. And this guy like. It's 
the allegory for like dealing with the fact that the world kind of sucks and mm. it's totally missed, especially at the, by, especially by the middle of this movie when they start doing more stuff with space demons and shit is you miss an opportunity to do something really true to the uh, original source material. But also again, I think you're right. Like something that's not so sanded down and refined, something that maybe is a little off kilter and kind of worth, but worth watching no less. You will never see a movie like this again. No. Because this is the thing. If someone made a movie like this now, it's going to be this weird, you know, way too tongue-in-cheek, made-for-sci-fi TV movie, right? Lampooning almost. What? Howard the Duck just exists in this unusual uh, nether region, which we won't be at again as filmmakers, right. I think. Like, that's that's the strange thing. You could not do this again. You would never get away with again, it. Again, the directors who do, who, the directors who can do the kind of movie we're talking about that we'd like to see them do Howard the Duck with are not the kind of directors that Marvel hires to make these movies. Like, that's yeah, just not their sensibility. It's a fucking crying shame, man. It really is. Um, even as we get into the kind of the Pee Wee's Big Adventure phase, yeah, there's still a really fascinating scene here at the end of the movie in Joe's former Cajun, now sushi diner. Okay, can we please talk about that for this, a second? This is such a fucking incredible scene on so many levels. What uh, the fuck is that restaurant? <laughs> I honestly like... Not only what is that restaurant, and then the waiter's outfits, the clientele, them just walking in and sitting down. <laughs> With with Jennings, who's now transforming Wait. into the Dark Overlord, Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> yeah, I was I would the whole time I was like, what is going on? Like, the best is it is. I love I, the Jeffrey the Jones thing, so. driving the truck though and doing the play by play of him slowly transforming. He's like, I can feel it. Ugh, ugh, it's eating me from the inside out. I was like, ugh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh man. Oh, just, well, they even say it, right? Leah Le Thompson's just like, did you eat something? <laughs> so like, they're like, this looks a little too much like constipation. We're going to need to talk talk our way through it. <laughs> Good acting, but we need more. <laughs> oh, but my God. This, this whole fucking sequence, right? So we get the kind of hippy-dippy waiter. He's trying to get a beer. He's talking about this nether region of space, this demon zone, while Howard's just kind of like riffing him, right. right? Oh, yeah, the whole time. And then out of nowhere, Seabass and his buddies come up, and they're like, hey, we're going to rape Leah Thompson because Cleveland. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. Howard's in another bar fight. Howard is constantly getting on top of furniture to fight humans in this movie. A lot of, a lot of that going on. <laughs> but this is the great scene, right? So we have to take on face value. Do these people know this is actually a duck alien or do they think this is a kid in a children's costume? Doesn't matter because after they get their ass beat bad enough, they grab him and decide, let's cut his fucking head off and make him into dinner. Yeah. So you're like, I. <laughs> what? Not only it's and by the way, it's not Either like way, a small... no matter what they assume he is, they know he's not. The duck that they're going to make into Joe's sushi. Right. And by the way, it's <laughs> so not a sm mindset? it's not a small contingency of people in the restaurant that want to turn him into dinner. Like the, the entire restaurant decides, like, oh yeah, let's kill this guy and turn him into dinner. Like the entire restaurant joins in on this. Yeah, it's an unusual, but this is the thing. It's a very American ideal now to rally very quickly behind a terrible rapist. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I mean. 
and it's just it's so strange because I don't know what their thought process is, but they're just immediately like, we should kill this conscious life form and eat him. Right. <laughs> and they have kind of the very racist like uh, Asian chef who's like just buttering up his knife. By the way, and was that I guy? I, and I, I hate to be, I hate to say this, but I have to ask: Was that guy actually Asian, or was it a white guy squinting and being like racist? Like, I, I think it was actually an Asian actor. I'm not sure. I have to, like, I have to, like, but it was the '80s. Either way, could be true. Whatever they did, <laughs> whatever they did, made me so uncomfortable. While I was watching. I'm like, that is like, whatever this is, is racist. Whatever's going on. Oh my god, it's it's the weirdest. But again, this is on just a microscopic level. This scene is everything that if you like this scene and you're down to get weird, then this is the kind of movie you should appreciate. You're not wrong. Right? If you don't like this scene, maybe, you know, you're more of an Ant-Man and the Wasp type. <laughs> you know, you need your uh you need your jokes a little more spoon-fed. You don't want to think about the murder and cannibalism of maybe a kind of humanoid alien duck. Right. That's fine. When I watch this scene, I'm just like, this is why I love the movies. Right? right? Like when a movie can take me to a place like this and I'm just watching a duck, a demon, rapist, weird location, I'm having these philosophical quandaries and, you know, a rubber suit movie. Right. It's such a fucking we talk about this on our other podcast. It's the alchemy of filmmaking. None of it makes sense. If you poured all of these ingredients into a, you know, a giant cauldron and heated them up, I don't know how this makes a good scene or movie, but it just does. There it does. <laughs> so, I mean, and to me, like the movie kind of unfolds from there, like pretty atypically. You do get you. Yeah. It's, the rest of it's kind of silly. And the, the final climax is kind of cheesy. Yeah. Right. You do get that awesome claymation demon, which is just fucking awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's like... But they, they have a great creature effect shot, too, when he's like, I need power. Yeah. And he fucking sticks out his tongue stinger mm -hmm. into the, the cigarette port <laughs> the where we used to charge our yeah. Discman. Like, I don't know if you remember when I first got a car, we had a Discman. Yeah. And I would have to plug it into that. And then there was a wire that led to a cassette tape yep. that I'd have to put into my car to oh, play. Yeah. And I was like... I don't know why, but that scene of him just <laughs> sucking the power through that tentacle, I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, I would have a, a poster of that on my wall if, if I didn't have a wife who would kill me. <laughs> I, I, had, I had one question for you. There's a, there's a couple of times where Howard says, bug off. Do you think that was ADR, and do you think the original line was fuck off, but they wanted to lower it, down, lower it to a net, net PG-13? Do you think maybe there are humanoid bugs on his planet, and he's kind of a racist? Oh, that could be it. I all I just assumed it was. There's like a whole lower class of cockroach people that the very white ducks have just been subjugating forever. <laughs> it's actually again, it's this very deep, deep criticism on the whole human experience. I uh, so oh, here's another weird thing I noticed. Did you notice that when the Dark Overlord ran into the the nuclear power plant, he tied up Leah Thompson? I'm like. That guy's got sick knot work. Yeah, for how bad his fingernails are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was able to tie tie up Leo Thompson pretty well. Yeah, I I just love Doctor Jennings devolving. Yeah, I think the makeup and costume on him is so like the lightning effects and all this. His his energy blast are the cheesiest, weirdest shit of the eighties. Yeah. But I can overlook that because that's how I, I grew up on that shit. Sure, his devolving makeup. And honestly, the makeup and costumes in this movie are pretty kick-ass across the whole board. Oh, yeah. 
Like I, I actually think Howard the Duck's outfit in this is really fucking stellar. It's pretty impressive, honestly. Like they get a lot out of the eyes. They, I mean, he looks good in this movie. He, he does. moves good. Yeah, I, I think it's. But that and Jennings, I, I don't know, man. There's just something about like even when we're watching the, the goofy glider spree. Oh God. There's just a moment in me where I'm like, I can't fucking believe that this is a thing. Yeah. And I adore it for that. That like that on itself is often enough for me to just love a movie. That glider thing was like something it was like them trying to do sort of like this cannonball rung joke. <laughs> like the whole time I'm just like, this is like something out of like it was like a Burt it's like a Burt Reynolds Dukes a hazard gag. Like something around something around that like sort of Kentucky fried crime thriller type deal. Like there's this like and not only that, and then the whole time, like, Tim Robbins is just hamming it up for the cameras, and you're like, good lord. This Peak 80s fruit salad character. Yeah. It's it's great, though. It's it's fun. It's, like, it's for sure, it's pure entertainment. Then... This, this, is what, this is what you come to, though, right? This Just kind of, like, a final thoughts on this movie is, for me especially now, like, I don't understand the people now who look back and snipe this movie. Like, at the time, I can understand, like you said, like, if you didn't know anything about this... And Howard was not like a super enormous pop culture figure at the time. Right. I can understand walking in and being so fucking confused and just befuddled that you're like, well, I didn't enjoy that. Right. <laughs> I feel like I walked in a room and got fucking bludgeoned in the head and now I'm confused and upset. Right. Like, I understand that. The people who see this movie now and look back and snipe at it, I really don't understand that mindset, right? What? Because this is my question. What are the expectations of that movie? Right. Right. Do you really want a very slick Marvel style PI movie with all the fucking Ant Man and the Wasp style jokes? Like, I this I don't understand. At the end of the day, we get the first half of this insanely fucking weird and fun. And that's what I mean. It's 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 not. Oh, you said it right. There's there's not even really a plot. No. It's just this fish out of water journey and we're just sitting here like what in the fuck is happening this is so strange but i dig it right the actors are right. good it's fun and then even as it starts to unfold into the 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 big adventure phase of the movie you still get shit like joe's sushi yeah you know what i mean like i i look back and i'm just to me this is the most comic book movie you could ever watch it's a modern day image comic brian k vaughn style story Put on the big screen. It's one of the things comics can do is they can mix the mundane idiosyncratic with the biggest, weirdest genre elements. Right. And it's it's not – it doesn't make you blink an eye. It's just this kind of weird mixture of awesome. And Howard the Duck somehow fucking achieved that to the big screen. You know, is it like the all-time – like is it like an all-time like best picture? Like, wow, I learned a lot about the human condition from this this journey I went on. No. No. But it's this super weird fucking fun – mishap of hollywood right like <laughs> and to me doesn't that make it worth more than almost every comic book movie that's ever been made i mean i think you said it right man the first the first half of this movie as like this idios an idiosyncratic like journey through someone's like a fish out of water journey journey is something we're all relate something we'll all relate to like there's nothing about what howard does i mean look we've all had a jizz mopper job at some point in our life like <laughs> There's no one. Yeah, just with a better title, but don't fool yourself. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, just you know, don't don't get all hoity-toity about it. You know, you've had that job. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that. Don't church it up, dirt. <laughs> but that's exactly. 
<laughs> that's exactly what this is though like that opening in that movie we can all relate to the fact that you're like oh man i'm in a town i don't like doing a job i hate and all i want to do is just find someone that i like spending time with like tell me that's not relatable yeah like there's a lot of silly elements towards the end of the movie but at the end of the movie also you do get that great theme song so if you're gonna walk out of this thing with anything by the way not only great theme song do you remember the melody of like the romance there's this there's this melody they play when Howard and Leah Thompson are having like quiet reflective moments. Right. There's uh, this romantic melody theme they play. As soon as I heard that, I was immediately transported back in time. And I was like, "Oh my god, I love that. It makes my heart soar. I love that little theme." <laughs> right. I think I think all the things that make Howard the Duck worth watching are the thing the things you watch and you're like, "Man, this in the 80s, this is kind of shocking. But watching it now, you're like, this could have been like this could have been something just totally out of left field that maybe had it like had it not gone in the direction of like this, like sort of adventure movie. I think with that idiosyncratic routine vibe could have really been could have really been something out of left field and maybe would have been one of those movies we would talk about now is like oh my god like they'll never make another movie like that because it was just so off the charts different and interesting so and see that's the weird thing because that's exactly how i look at the movie already right again it's this it's this weird a lot of people and i think we were guilty of this before right this is something you learn when you do podcasts or reviews and you put your opinions out into the world is you very quickly learn, like, wow, I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. When you actually get, like, feedback and pushback on something. Right, right. There's this concept of every movie that has a... Fl- and especially now, it's, like, a huge thing. Everyone loves to catch a movie in a plot hole. Plot hole ruins the whole movie. Right. This and that. You're like, no movies are fucking perfect. And no movie is universal to every audience. Not one of them, except for Highlander. <laughs> but that's... But... So, to me, it's... To look back and just... To not appreciate the first half of that movie because the second half kind of falls into a children's adventure is just such an insane idea to me. I agree. And again, we will never get this movie again. And it is insanely fascinating to go back and, and do this journey. It's There was something about that time period where there is this kind of almost danger to kids movies where we were confronted with a lot of real world shit that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's fucking insane that this movie with the duck tits and the bestiality and you know the almost murder and eating of howard the the roadhouse scene like right the constant threat of rape <laughs> like yeah it's a fucking the- jizz mopping jizz mopping is in this movie it's it's fucking crazy so to me i look back and i i think of how just fucking interesting this movie is and to me it makes it so much worse i know i'm i'm criticizing again but to me i watch ant-man and the wasp and you're like what is the value of this right like once you see even guardians too like once you have the first one why do you just need a more polished version of that again? Right. It's not interesting to me at all. There's no kind of bigger narrative value to it. It's just, here's a zany adventure with jokes. All right, well, I'd rather do Howard the Duck to me. Honestly, like, and I, this is not to troll. This no. is not being hyperbolic. Like, I honestly find Howard the Duck infinitely more interesting than almost every comic book movie that exists. You're not wrong. Like, it's it's about it's about engagement. Like, if you can engage yourself a little more in something that is a little more off the wall, like if you're going to see the C- are you going to go see the sequel to Ant-Man 
Or are you going to go see something that maybe you didn't expect to be more interesting? Like that's, I think that's probably above all else. What I would look at what I, how I would view Howard the duck is Howard the duck is worth watching because it's not like the rest of these superhero movies you're going to see. It's not like the rest of the comic book properties we've gotten. Most of the comic book properties that come to the screen are heavy on action, uh, light on story structure and plot. Not to say that they're bad, but they're definitely streamlined stories. And, you know, Howard the Duck is the opportunity you could take and the shot you could take to not do something like that and maybe try and do something different. It's fun. Right. And that's exactly why I always liked reading Howard the Duck comics. Yes. It's for the same reason, because it's in the ballpark, in the genre, you know, the kind of medium and formatting we like, but just different and unusual and off kilter. Right. So to me, it succeeds even as an adaptation of a property. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people are just going to be like, you guys are just fucking trolling us, man. You're just you fucking Marvel hating whatever's. Well, I would say it's honestly not the case. It tr- it truly is not the case to me. I I think this movie. For being as early as it is, too. That's the thing. Like this was way out ahead of the curve on comic book movies, man. Right. Um, and it's just it's weird. It's strange. It's unusual. It's enjoyable, man. Like. Maybe you're the kind of guy that you're like, well, I like Arby's roast beef sandwiches. So every day for lunch, I go eat three Arby's roast beef sandwiches and wash it down with a diet cola. And that's what I do every day for the rest of my life because I know average is better than failing. Maybe that's your fucking life, man. Not me. Not me. I'm going to try that gas station sushi. Just kidding. Humans shouldn't eat raw food. But you get my point. That's what I mean. I, I honestly love this movie and think it is so fucking underappreciated for what it is. It is. I will say, having watched it, it's definitely underappreciated. I by I do not by any stretch think I do not find it to be a good movie. But I definitely think <laughs> I. You're like to shit on everything you just said. <laughs> I do not find it to be a good movie, but I do think that it is deep. I do think the movie is deeply underappreciated. Absolutely. Just tell me when are you going to see Thor as a jizz mopper? Like, oh, but it had cool techno and, and jokes. Fuck that. I want to see Thor as a jizz mopper. <laughs> Tell me how he reacts to that. Give me... Th- how can you honestly look yourself in the mirror and feel godly after you're covered in jizz at the stank house? <laughs> That's a more interesting movie than Ragnarok. Well, when you're right... At me. Well, when at you're right, me. you're right. <laughs> oh, man. I really enjoyed this. This was good. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to come back and do some long box and chilling. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have not seen Howard the Duck, please, I hope you're not getting to the end of this and listening to this, but if you haven't seen Howard the Duck, watch it first and then listen to our show. Or, you know, don't. I mean, really, you kind of can go either way with it, but I would implore you to watch it first. Uh, As always, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that cool stuff. We're all over all of the podcast platforms. Guys, rate review and subscribe to our show it's the only way people find out that we do cool stuff over here and i'd really appreciate it if you did that you do not want to wind up as a jizz mopper in cleveland trying to make ends meet and the way you do that is by reviewing our show uh yeah and while you're writing and reviewing on the internet google duck dicks you're welcome (laughs) oh man i really enjoyed this from the long box sessions i'm alex And I'm Josh Griffey. Welcome to the